Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, uh, we are recording August 23rd, which is the same day this episode is going up. Is that date right? Yep. You know, I know that date right, because today is our open house at the new facility. And day one of Shides Diesel Extravaganza 2019. That's right. Good planning. Um, I just got to say, the ladies in the office, they've worked so hard planning what they're planning at our new facility, but they really fucked up, because I'd rather be in Indiana right now. <laughs> Uh, I'm death staring you as you're laughing. I I definitely enjoy seeing all of the videos from Shides. Yeah, definitely. I don't know that I anymore need to be there. Uh, I like uh, being in the videos. Sure. Of, of Shides. Get get rowdy with it. Yeah. Absolutely. So so yeah. So Shides is going on. That that's a huge deal across huge the country. Deal. Long um, long running event. Yeah. I, I I don't know that it's the longest or anything like that. One of. I will say it's one of the biggest ones yep. of the year. Yep. Uh, so if you're in the Midwest and I know people travel from all over the country and even Canada to go to that, they're going to be sled pulling. They do drag races at Shides still. Yeah. Eighth yeah. mile. Yep. Eighth mile. Yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah a lot will be going on over there. Dino of course and everything else. Uh, we do have a few other things going on here in-house that I thought we would take just a real quick chance to talk about. Roxor, Mahindra Roxor. I don't think a lot of guys know that this vehicle is out there. It's a side-by-side UTV. Uh, I guess it's more, y- you would recognize it as an old Jeep Willys, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> is, is what it is. Uh, they've just hit the U.S. market in the last year or two. They're a four-cylinder diesel turbocharged common rail injection Badass. It's just kind of a badass little utility vehicle. That uh, makes all bit of 54, 52 horsepower stock to the wheel. Yeah. So a little disappointing when you drive It's them. thrilling. <laughs> 45 mile an hour limiter out of the gate. Yeah. It they is. Have a five speed manual. They have an automatic as well now. Yeah, that just came out. Yep, yep. So cool little vehicles. Uh, we jumped on, we grabbed one, we we put a tune on it right away. Yep. Turns out double the horsepower. Yep. Literally. Nothing. Double the horsepower. Literally double the horsepower. <laughs> like you said. Literally. Uh, and then, of course, we also had to throw a South Bend clutch behind it because it wasn't going to hold uh, on that five-speed manual. So that was a little rough. Uh, but once we got the clutch in there, it was holding power great. It was doing it. I really thought we were kind of done with this project. Nick and the rest of the team did not. Uh, yeah. I uh, No. <laughs> they are not done. The Rocksaur has been consuming one of the lifts in the shop now for the last week, week and a half, tinkering, doing some things. There's a lot of really exciting things. Uh, I guess, you know, we can kind of, we're, we're not going to talk about numbers, right? But, but we are going to talk about, you know, some of the parts. Absolutely. Yeah. So turbo drop in. Uh, so tested. Stealth RX. RX 41. Yeah. Done. Uh, what about injection pump? What do we got going on CP3, there? CP3. Oh, Exergy, hook it up with, with R&D pumps, no problem. Go CP3, Exergy, back at it again. <laughs> so a CP3 conversion, converting it from whatever the hell that injection pump is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Sure. Sure. A pump. A pump. That's pretty cool. Right. Um, We've done a lot of testing with intercooling, um, exhaust systems. Yeah. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff. What I, what I think is, is, is surprising, if you will. Is, uh, you know, we talk about airflow and we talk about, you know, efficiency and, you know, the bigger engines, you know, like a 6.6, you know, the factory intercooler pipes, they flow well. You know, they come from the factory Real with, well. you yeah. know, a three or three and a half inch exhaust system, you know, for the most part. And then you get this rock sword. It has like a an inch and a half 
sigh is exhaust. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's rough, <laughs> and uh, you know it's crazy how you can just open up the exhaust, open that up, and then you pick up you know ten, fifteen, twenty horsepower. Sure. You know, so really excited. I know anytime you know when we see Nick around the office running around, and he's pumped on something like. That I don't want to say it's rare, but when you see it, you you it usually notice. means you want to get keys. Yes. yes. <laughs> so he's been super pumped. We're gonna be you know doing some uh, power you know releases and whatnot here shortly, uh, probably in the next upcoming few weeks or something along those lines. So look out for that. But yeah, really exciting, new, unique platform. Well, what I thought was cool about the Roxor is when you when you first kind of get introduced to it, you're like, oh, this is a wild vehicle. Is this like you know a clone kit or what is this? Yep. And blah blah. And you end up talking about a lot of other things. Um, but, but it was, once we looked into the mechanics of it, we we're like, oh, this is really inside of our wheelhouse. Yep. Like we, oh, yeah. we get, this is what we do. Uh, and then I was cruising through the parking lot last week and I spotted something that I thought, Hey, you don't belong here. And I, I saw him playing with it. Um, that bright blue 2019 Raptor, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I was rather shocked to see it, see it out there and to see some testing going on with it. Yeah. I thought that was pretty exciting. Uh, so for the listeners here, uh, Ford offers an F-150 yep. EcoBoost, three and a half liter uh, turbocharged. Um, and then they have this Raptor, which is this badass version of the F-150 with this crazy suspension setup and off-road package. And uh, this is something that you know we've been playing around with for some time. My dad has an older EcoBoost F-150, a 2012-2013 that yeah. Nick tuned. Um, we have a couple buddies that have F-150s that Nick's tinkered with. Um, but I think we're going to be offering some support here shortly to dealers and end users on the F-150 and other EcoBoost platforms. Yeah. So really exciting. Definitely a little out of our wheelhouse. We've always offered GM gas tuning for most applications from 99, 98, all the way through 2018, 2019. Um, and now to get into Ford gas tuning, like, yeah, it's definitely odd. The truck definitely runs its ass off. They have 10-speed automatics in those 19 Raptors. Right. Crazy, so many gears, so many shifts. Um, so you know, working with like skip shifts and things like that, and you know, just the power delivery and some of the other bolt-on components, intercooler pipes, intercoolers, intakes, uh, you know, uh, catback exhaust systems, down tubes. A lot of cool stuff that we've been tinkering with over the last month here. Absolutely, that. yeah. I think that's going to be a fun truck to drive. I oh, think yeah. that's one of those that like you're you're going to drive it stock. You're going to be like, man, I got a really great truck, which which they are they from are. from mm -hmm. everybody's reporting. Uh, but then I think you're going to do some of those basic kind of stage one mods that that we're really see a lot of, and I think guys are going to go nuts for it. Oh, yeah. I think it's gonna it's going to be that same kind of feeling of it's a whole new vehicle. And speaking of whole new vehicles. 2020 Duramax just landed on the lot. What do you think? I don't know. I, I'm going to get ridiculed for this, so I'm I'm just going to keep my comments to myself. That means you like it. Uh, no. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. That's one of the ugliest trucks I have honestly seen. Uh, we have a couple guests in the house, you know, that are coming, you know, for the open house or whatever. So they've been in the office the last couple of days. Shout out to everyone that's, you know, coming in the town to hang out with us and, instead of going to Shides. Um, but uh, the, the, the one gentleman, his name's John. John made a really good comment, and that was, it's amazing what a set of wheels and tires will do to a truck. You know, I'm on all the LP, L5P forums and, you know, all these things, and guys are starting to get these trucks, and they're starting to put wheels and tires. Wheels, tires, and tints will make anything in. Because yeah. the way the truck comes from the factory, the way it looks, like, I just, I that would not be my first choice. So the first thing I said is, is I see the lines of where engineering 
push the truck to say, hey, here's the limits. That front grill being that wide and that flat, that's about air. Yeah, it, it, it's about you got to get cold air in. Yeah. Rod Romaine, Nicola Menarini, yeah. yep. all these guys, these chief engineers of, of major HD programs, they all told us the same thing. You yep. got to get air in. Air is one of the biggest challenges we have for emissions equipment. So you get the air in. So so there, I, I would imagine that there's some sort of discussion of here's how wide the truck is. Here's yeah. how much air we need in. Yeah, when you look at the tail lights, the tail lights on the sides are very thin. They're only an yeah. inch or two thick. You know, and, and I think a lot of that truck came down to things like that. I also noticed little things like get past the the climbing tailgate and and the the lights and the, ta- the grill and things like that. Guys very, are going to go nuts for that. There's stuff. a lot of very cool trick things like that. That the tailgate portion I like. The step sides on the bed, I just, I'm thinking about my my ignorant ass friends, you know, like going to step in there and scratching the truck. Oh, like definitely going to get belt buckle scratches yeah, like, there. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but, the, but the wheel wells, did you notice the wheel wells in the beds? So, That's the least intrusive wheel well I've ever seen yes, in, a, in a full-size truck yes, bed. Yes. I also don't like, though, the reflectors in the wheel well. I think, I think as soon as it's dark out, you're going to be like, all right, that looks dope. Hmm. No. Um, And then the mirrors. And then the mirrors. There's also, there's guys taking mirrors off of like the 2015 through 2019 and putting them on their 20s. Right. Because those mirrors, man, I don't know. I just, I I don't like new body styles ever. Like I like the new Ram body style just because not much changed from the fourth gen (laughs) to the fifth gen. So I'm like, that looks good. I like that. Um, But, uh, you know, I, the Fords I haven't really seen much on, but it's something that I think over time will grow on me. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, man. I I would I would uh, no. Just I no. I felt like the the facelift it got from twenty eight to twenty nineteen to twenty twenty was better than the facelift they got in twenty fourteen to twenty fifteen. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Hands down, look wise, the twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen body style. Is nasty. I like when the when the L five when the seventeen came out with the hood scoop. Like, yeah, sold, loved it. Same, same here. Seventeen, that fifteen and sixteen model, they're just not my favorite front ends. Wow, and See, I love LMLs. I mean, I, mean, I know, I know you do. That's my thing. I just, I, I would, I would have to say, two things here. Number one, I would take a fifteen, a fifteen sixteen style over the twenty. Okay? Wow, and it'll, it'll go grow on me over time. Sure, but what I will also say is. How the 11 to 14 LML, now that the 20 is out, just becomes a little more dated. It does. Now that's the classic LML. Do you remember when that was like, that was the thing. When it came out, it was like, oh Oh, shit. Like, oh shit, it's here. So, you know, the new era, the new wave of trucks, big power, big torque. You know, we read about them in the magazine six months ago with, you know, their tow tests and the torque war going to town of who's going to make the most torque. Not horsepower, it's the torque these trucks are making. It's insane. You know, yeah. the new 2020's got a 10-speed Allison. I know. What? 10-speed Allison? But, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. Nick's uh, a little overly territorial at the moment. Like, yeah, he locked it in the yeah, parking lot. We were yeah. going to take photos. He locked it. I was like, bro, what, what if yeah. I want to do an under-the-hood shot? Yeah, he said, What if I out, need to park it? Get out of my truck. It's my truck. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Like, damn, dog. Was not surprised. No, but I don't blame him. <laughs> it's nice to have new things. So it'll be, uh, expect to hear, you know, some some stuff going on there, some testing, some R&D. See what the differences are. What does the ECM have now in 2020 that the 17 and 19s do I, or do not I have? I can't w- wait to see the what transmission. Some of the We're, they're already talking are. about pulling the trans out. Yeah. You know, to kind of go know. in it and kind of, you know, see what's going on. So 
really cool, really excited. You know, it's just a new Still platform. Still just a bunch in. of kids tearing their mom's VCR apart. Yeah, 100%. What's in here? <laughs> Still not our money. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Hey, guys, WC Fab brings us our From Facebook segment. Today, I thought I grabbed a really good one for us, Chris. Uh, it says, me and my buddies have been having a debate on daily tow, pull, drag trucks all around, traction bars versus Caltrax. Also, hard debate between us, us in a single 10 mil or 12 mil versus dual stock pumps. Any insight available? Man, I've been down this road before a time or two. So let's break it apart. So I'll let you answer first on traction bars or Caltrax. Okay. Um, Caltrax are amazing in a street truck application, uh, going to the track, going to the drag strip. Sled pulls, I've never done it with Caltrax. I'm sure they do just fine. Um, the downfall with Caltrax, in my opinion, is the way they preload the spring, you have a very aggressive ride. Yeah, it's very stiff. When I had it on my O, I had Caltrax on my O seven. It was rough. It was rough. I enjoyed it. They they did what they were supposed to, but once you pre um, you you set it up to uh, relieve tension, you know, on the spring itself, it's just it's a very bumpy hard ride. Yep. For sled pulling, we've always done traction bars. For ride quality, I would say traction bars. Agreed. So. Caltrax, here's my thing on Caltrax. Like on the right truck, they're the right fit. Yeah. No. But other than that, you know, you want to be checking out, like, you know, WC Fab. Yeah. They, they, they make a great set of traction bars. No, I mean, so I they, think you can get behind those. I, well, I just, <clears throat> it's crazy to me when you drive like a truck with traction bars on the street. They definitely help prevent wheel hop. They definitely help, you know, prevent any axle wrap, any axle wrap, anything like that. With the Caltrax, like my, my truck was, my 07 was a two wheel drive. And when you would hit it, you would feel the ass end go down, and the Caltrax kept the ass down. It kept the ass end as planted. Right. The traction bars, you're not going to get that. Yeah. So it depends on the application, like you said. Fair enough. Um, all right, and then I guess I'll jump in here first. And hard debate, hard debate, I love that, uh, between a single 10 or 12 mil versus dual stock pumps. This isn't even a hard debate. I I am a cheap fuck, and I would... I would do a single pump. Um, the costs are almost the same, Paul. Well, they are. No, no. Here, because here's why. Here's why you have to go and buy the second pump in this assumption. A like second, if you have yeah, no, parts no. on your shelf, this is a different story. But if I'm going to buy the second pump, I'm not going to buy a stock pump. So now I'm already buying at minimum a sportsman pump. Okay. So what's the difference in cost between like an, an Exergy sportsman and a 10 mil? Well, you're a new I, pump, a new pump and dual fueler setup is going to be anywhere from two to 2,300 bucks. Yeah. Okay. A 10 mil pumps, two grand, a 12 mil pumps, 20, 2,500. So what's the power output? So pricing, pricing is similar Yeah. to a, to it. I mean, for the well, most part, well, and, and this is the power output plays a role too. Right. So power output, sure. Because if, if you want to do, you know, something stupid right o over a few thousand now with a 14 yeah. mil pump out there so yeah if you really want to go nuts with it you you have to have mm -hmm. it but i would assume if your discussion is 10 mil you're in the 10 mil horsepower range yeah i mean right like if you're going for a 10 mil horsepower range why put the extra parts on why put the extra stuff on there why not just do a 10 mil pump and be done with it it's less shit to go wrong it's less shit yeah. to figure out and, and it's extremely reliable so i just I, in those situations it's it's like you're talking about an engine build, right? Because 10 mil pump, you're going to run it up probably to the edge or near the edge of your short block anyways. Like really, if you're going to go over that, you're 25K into an engine build to start with. So what 
It, it, price can't be the concern then. It just has to be a horsepower thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the time I would have to say going and building in stages and spending and building within your means too. Yeah. You know, if the guys, you know, have, you know, we'll break it down here. A 10 millimeter pump, you're generally good for 750, maybe 800 horse, right? Sure. 12 mil pump, you're generally going to be good for around 9,950. I've seen some trucks crack a thousand, but I would never sell a 12 mil pump to crack a thousand. Yeah. I'd go into the 14 mil streets. So, 14 millimeter yeah. pump, then, you know, that's a thousand plus pump. Um, and then dual stock pumps, if both pumps are healthy, you know, you have 11, 1200 horsepower worth of fuel volume. Where I stand is, like you said before, simplicity. I don't like another pump on the truck. The, the added pump isn't the problem. It's the added lines, potential for leakage. It's the dual fueler controller. At that point, guys, like if you're running dual fuelers on a truck and you're daily driving, working the truck, make sure that you spend money on an additional dual fueler controller. Make sure you have the proper serpentine belt. Have a spare on hand so yep. you're not stranded having any and, issues. And you have to know how to work on it. Yep. Like, yep. like it has to be you. So those those are the big things. Now, for the guys that are like, hey, I want to make 700 horse now, 800 horse now, but you know what? Another year or two when that motor lets go, I want 1,200 horse. I want 1,000 horse. I, cool. want to, then, I want to build a bad motherfucker. No, then what you like, do is you just buy a stroker pump, put it in the pump, put it in the truck, keep the stock pump, set it on the shelf, and when you go to do the motor, just buy a dual fueler. You yeah. have the second pump, you're done. And that pump that has miles on it is now externally out of the valley if it's a Duramax, or it's a second pump up top on a Cummins. So it's easily accessible in the scenario where well let's yeah, face if it, it does fail if it fails it's right? there so yeah, i'm with you i love it awesome guys well hey um single pump lives matter guys <laughs> getting into exergy performances uh diesel story this week we're going to bring on our producer justin tyson he's going to read us the story and then chris and i'll talk a little bit about it i just bought a brand new 2019 ford f-250 power stroke while I mostly drive the truck back and forth 20 miles or so to work each day. I do throw a small trailer in, on in the summer and take my LS Swap 97 Corvette to the track as many weekends as I can. This weekend, I agreed to pull a 26-foot enclosed trailer for work. It'll be loaded down with construction equipment, and I'm sure I'm going to be at or just over the rated limits of the truck. We're going to do a job six hours away, and I'm a little nervous about the truck handling the abuse of this trip. So I swung into the local diesel shop, and they said, if I drop it off tomorrow, I can pick it up two hours before we leave for the trip. They said, I absolutely need an exhaust, intake, lift pump, intercooler, and pipes, and a few other things. The bill is sickening, but I don't really want to be broke down. Okay. Chris, um, I feel like this is something that, that I've heard in like kind of a sob story and like post facto, right? Like, oh, this is what happened and this is why I modded my truck was I was really, really scared about the truck breaking down. So I took it to the first guy I talked to and I paid him an exuberant amount of money exuberant. and he threw all these parts in my truck and now he says it's bulletproof. I like that word. Exuberant. Never heard of that before. I'm going to start <laughs> using that. Honestly, that's cool. No, I, you you do. And I mean, let, let's face it. You know, Paul, you have a, a, a long history of being in a, in a sales role at, at many companies and sure. things like that. Um, there's no secret myself. You know, I'm in a sales role here at, at Calibrated as well. Um, you run across people that are extremely persuasive. Yeah. And and I think we also like being in sales. I've run across people who have no idea what they're doing yep. and they're willing they're willing to pay any money because yep. they have no idea. And so you don't you don't know who you're talking to. You yep. you 
my thing that like anytime I've ever dealt with people, I always encourage them, go and check this out. Here's some resources. Here's some places you can go learn about this. Or here's some facts that back up what I'm saying. It's not cut me a check and I'll let you know what the bill is, you know? Yeah, I mean... Just to, you know, I I know that there are shop owners that listen to this. I know that there are mechanics of shops that listen to us. Yeah. Sorry that you listen to us, guys. But <laughs> when you go to a shop and it absolutely you need the exhaust, the intake, the lift pump, the intercooler and the pipes and a few other things, you're, you're deleting a brand new truck. That's shop revenue. Okay. So there is hours in this. To yeah. take these parts off, put the parts on. That's where the shop's making their money. The shop's not really making much money by putting in emissions on tune and wiring a switch on the truck, right? Well, well, th- and I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I also think even if you set that to the side, I think I think if you're a shop and you have anybody come in the door and, and you end up with this list of things on a truck that works perfectly because they're nervous something might happen. I think we really need to evaluate what does this customer need. Right. And I think if you're a customer, you you need to stop and think about, and you need to ask those type of questions as well. How is this going to impact me towing? The guy's got a 2019 Ford, even loaded to gross vehicle weight or over. You're pulling it six hours, bro. Like yeah. you're 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 good. I mean, Just to be honest with you, even in stock form, like here here's a few things I could tell you that might help. Um, you know, here's a few things that that might. Yeah might be able to to cut some of that nervousness away but like you don't need a huge bill on a 2019 any 2019 vehicle just to be able to tow it gross vehicle weight no i mean honestly i cringed as justin was reading this because you know i have the guys on the phone end users you know when i go out to dinner you know go out for a drink with a couple buddies i'll have people come up to me you know in the area whatever and yeah they ask these types of questions and it just you just shake your head Simplicity sometimes goes the longest way, um, and I—I I mean, on a Ford, like lift pump, no, intake, <laughs> yes, you know, an exhaust. Well, if you want the sound, I get it. You know, there are those guys out there. I'm not taking anything away from you. Intercooler, no, yeah, the pipe. You know, the the one intercooler pipe is plastic. They do recommend upgrading that. It's a fairly popular upgrade amongst but the a power whole intercooler. Community. It's just that's it, ridiculous. You're crazy. It's ridiculous. So. You know, do like you said, Paul, do your research when yeah. anyone comes in or they, they inquire about something and they have any skepticism at all. Always send more information. Here you go. You could here's a resource here, here, here. This has nothing to do with me, my brand, my company, myself of what I'm recommending. These are outside sources talking about this, this, this and this. This is another leg to stand on as to why I would recommend going this route. This isn't hearsay. Here is black and white facts. I totally agree with you. And I think somebody else who is going to agree with us on this topic is today's guest on Calibrated Power Presents, our special guest. Um, Today's special guest is a technical editor over at Diesel Power Magazine. He's somebody who has a lot of uh, background and a lot of history in doing the research, finding out about the technicalities, about how different parts and different vehicles work, and really how they're going to impact you as a user. And he works with Diesel Power Magazine, which is a great place to go and do some of your own independent research since they do cover such good articles like this. All right, guys, and now it's time for the Calibrated Power Presents, our special guest. We know this is your favorite segment of the show, and we think we got somebody really exciting to, to talk to today. It's the author of an editorial series called Detonation with Diesel Power Magazine, also the Torque column. Uh, you guys may recognize such articles as 
getting the getting the right gear ratio, correcting the gear axle ratio for oversized tires, and the Detroit Diesel DD5, and a whole lot of other stuff with Diesel Power Magazine. John Lenbauer, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. John, now you are the technical editor at Diesel Power Magazine. Uh, how long have you been over there? Uh, just about four years. Okay, okay. So you've been around the block a little bit. You've seen a couple of DPCs. You've seen oh, yeah. some other some other diesel events evolve over the last couple of years. But tell us, what's your history in diesel performance? Uh, diesel performance, I really didn't get into a lot of diesel performance until I really got on the magazine. Um, my history goes back. I was a fleet mechanic. So I go oh. back to working on old Detroits and Caterpillars and Internationals and in the fleet, you're not much on performance. You're let's keep it running and keep it going. So. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. So a lot of time wrenching then. Oh yeah. Yeah. How'd you Plenty end up? Things. How'd you end up getting into like editing and writing and things like that then? Um, I decided I didn't want to wrench forever. Okay. And I mean, on a whim, I kind of applied. Uh, I had some college, so uh, that helped me out. Uh, they never really helped me out with wrenching, but the, the college <laughs> helped me out when I wanted to go beyond wrenching. So you went from so, being a mechanic to a editor. Yep. Wow, that's a that is definitely a change in career paths. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Very cool. It Very was. cool. So you said you've been doing it four years now. Yep. Okay. Over the course of the four years, you know, I'm sure you've written uh, many articles. Is there anything that like stands out to you that you're like, that one hit home? I enjoyed this one. I learned a lot from this. Like the experience itself. I don't know what in particular. Um, I always try with my articles, I try to be as educational as I can. Okay. And like the story he mentioned was the gear ratio one. It became a really what, – what normally with our tech articles, I don't know, they're like a page or so of text, page and a half of text and like 40 pictures. That thing ended up being like two and a half pages of text, 70 pictures. Wow. And I really got into uh, really showing what it was all about, like doing gears and doing them right. Cause, okay. Um, I, a lot of my history with cars and everything is off-road, like okay. building four-bys and buggies and stuff like that. And um, when you play with tire size, you play with gear ratios. Of course. And when I got into the diesel community, <laughs> I mean, you go down to these shows and the guy's like, oh, I got 40s, but I still got 355 stock gears. <laughs> and you're like... That sucks. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right, right. You know, you just spent ten grand upgrading your truck and you couldn't spend another thousand to do the gears. Um like that wasn't on a firm, man. It was <laughs> yeah. Bro still toes great. Yeah, it yeah, still does yeah. still does it a does great fine. job. Well and, and you know what's funny too is because I come from the West Coast. So West Coast, it's all about hills. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's nothing to go over a three thousand foot pass yeah. just to leave Los Angeles. You know, and you come out here and Guy goes, oh yeah, I, I pulled a hill. I'm like, well, how's how high was the hill? Oh, it was like 500 feet. And I was like, <laughs> that's a big hill out here. Just to let you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's know. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> how were your EGTs? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, plus, I mean, being out on the on the West Coast, I mean, it's kind of like a, a culture thing. In my, with what I deal with, customer wise, yeah. it's a culture thing to lift your truck and put bigger tires on it out that oh, way. Oh, it's it, it's, man, in the I want to say like the 90s. Oh my God, yeah. dude! Like '80s and '90s, it was nothing to see an old square body Chevy sitting on 40s. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know that was the standard. Uh, I knew a lot of guys had those trucks, and most of them sold them or lowered them. Yeah, they, yeah. Got, tar- <laughs> they got tired of like throwing a rope ladder out to get in and out of course. every day. Of course, <laughs> you know. And now it's a lot better. I mean, I, I love all the because uh, I can. I laugh is because like my brother's got a truck and he still has the old school loop steps. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 he yep, still yep. has yes. a set of those. And I'm like, wow. dude, that is so, like, 90s. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> still looks good. Still looks good. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 with the amp research steps and everything now, with a little bit of lift, it's it's nice. Yeah. And, well, the it, wheel wells are bigger, too, these oh, days, yeah. so you're not having to lift the truck as high to put a set of 37s or 35s under the truck. I, I really like, like, you look at uh, companies like, uh, was it AEV? Yeah. They have, like, that kit where they can, on a RAM, you can put, like, 40s with two inches of lift. Yeah. Or, or I'm like, that's awesome. It looks amazing because yep. you get a lot of tire, and it looks really good, but yet you're not sitting above the wheel wells. Yep, yep. So... I think that's really interesting. Now, you you mentioned you're the technical writer, and and your job title is technical editor. Um, What does that look like on a day-to-day? What what do you actually end up doing when you go into the office Monday through Friday? I mean, the magazine only comes out once a month. You just pound out an article like on the first through the third and then take the rest of the month off? Oh, I wish it was that easy. That's Uh, what Paul does. (laughs) No bullshit. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. A little bit of bullshit. Well, but I mean, you know, a lot of your days is, uh, you know, you get all the emails to answer. It's the same like any business anymore. You got emails. You got um, a lot of projects. Things pop up. You have to do. um, And then a lot of times it's traveling, you know. You you say you got a month, but then you break it down like, okay, let's see. I'm gone. I've gotten 15 days on assignment this month or, you oh, know, wow. or somebody needs help doing this or so it's a day shot or I got to drive here, you know? Yeah. So, and then you get a, a few hours here to work or a few hours there to work. Um, but if you stay on top of it, you can have free time. But a lot of time when you do get the free time, then you start work, trying to work on projects or you're trying to work on that next thing. Um, like, Last couple of months for me, it's uh, been real heavy on tech projects. I've basically gone from one tech project to the next, and I've already got two or three more that I'm working on to set up. What are some of those tech projects? What do those look like? Um, I just got done with one with uh, Casey Turbos. was working with those guys. I'm out here talking with you guys. We're actually putting something together with, yeah. with Calibrated. And then I did... Uh, we just did a transmission in an 01 Dodge. We put a RevMax tranny. I went up to 805 Diesel and, and up in Camarillo, California, and we put a transmission in there. And that one's, you know, one, and some of my projects are steps. Like we'll do one with a truck, and then a few months later we'll do something else with the truck. So kind of like uh, was it Jason Sands uh, years ago? He had a, the project uh, Rust Bucket, that old first-gen two-wheel drive regular cab that was a couple years Right. right, and every couple months a new segment would come out. So you do stuff kind of on those yeah, lines. You, you kind of do stuff like that. I mean, some of it's progress. Like with the Dodge Ram, the transmission was shot. Right. I mean, you pull, you poured the fluid out, and you could just see it was just clutch brown. material coming out. <laughs> you know, it was bad. Um, so what we we were doing, it's like, okay, we got to take one step at a time. Yeah. Let's get the tranny fixed. So we put a new tranny in, and. We put a built tranny. We didn't go stock. We put it built, but nothing crazy. You know, it, it's a daily driver that makes good power. That's, something that's, that, the, uh, that's the end goal. Yeah, is, I mean, something that truck. the readers read and they can aspire to potentially, you know, duplicate in the future. Right. So we put a new tranny in. They cleaned out all the lines. We put a new trans cooler in. So, you know, a good build. And then on a side note, we fixed the oil leak that was on the truck, okay. which was the tappet cover, which is pretty typical of a 24-valve you know oh yeah so um but so the next step with that now we have a transmission now we can go and we can bring the power up on that truck you can bring it up more into a five let's say a 
four or five hundred horsepower truck right. as a daily driver yep. because now you have the transmission and everything to back it up so it kind of comes in stages you know you can go and you know like paul and i were talking about earlier it's easy to throw horsepower well you got if you throw horsepower at something you're going to find all the weak links oh, of behind course. it of course you know you're going to okay the transmission's now going okay i'm blowing out u joints uh, yep. whatever it is so try to build a vehicle in stages so mm-hmm. it gets to that point and like that casey turbo project was kind of the same way with that sure and now that that truck we started out i mean the first thing i did with that truck bone stock sitting on 37s with stock gears so we put gauge we put like a i dash unit on it so we could read all the parameters see what's getting hot what's not yeah we did some road testing with it then we put gears in it and road tested it again and then i did a comparison at the end of the article to kind of show the difference and towing a 30-foot toy hauler trailer that was loaded down just doing gear ratios nothing else no power increases or everything we are able to grab to pull a whole gear higher on the same hill oh wow while accelerating that's fucking huge so the truck went from like pulling the hill in second gear struggling to keep it around 50 miles an hour to third gear accelerating past 55 the one thing i've learned um i have the i have a black 15 twin turbo cummins it has 342 gears okay um i've been doing some sled pulling over the last you know few months at the local sled pulls and uh Towing our gooseneck, which is about 8,000 pounds, the truck weighs another 7,500 pounds, plus a side-by-side on that truck with 342 gears. Now, the truck makes, you know, six 650 horsepower. And, I mean, it would pull it, but you had to get aggressive on the throttle. It had the power, yeah. but it was the hurdle of the gearing. Now, I never was big on or understood the value of gearing. Now you go get into our F450, which is one of the shop trucks. It's a 2017, 410 gears, similar height tires. Right. Truck makes 150 horsepower, you know, 100 horse less than mine, and that truck just towed it with ease like yeah. it was nothing like it's, it's like there's nothing behind nothing it. it's yeah. all the value of gear and i never was <laughs> i never understood that until you experience it firsthand so as you're saying this like oh i'm able to you know go go up a gear keep going you know get up in vehicle speed and, and it's less stressful it's less yeah. taxing on the drivetrain uh, well like i i learned gears with going back to the whole off-roading thing mm-hmm. is like you get into a lot of the old vehicles like you look at old willie's jeeps or old military vehicles yeah they wanted lots of power. They weren't caring about freeway speeds or anything. They wanted to haul haul a house behind it, basically. Yeah. So, you know, an old flat fender Willie's Jeep made, what, 40 horsepower if you're lucky? <laughs> Man, right? maybe. <laughs> yeah. With a flathead in it. Yeah. They would have, like, 571 gears yeah. or, like, 529 <laughs> and those gears. those are torquey son of a bitches. Right. Yeah. Yep. It would go right up the side of a cliff yep. while towing a house. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. With a little bitty dinky motor that made no power. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, one of the ones is, I always laugh is, uh, if you ever look at the old Unimogs, they had some of the old Mercedes Unimogs. They had like five different sticks on the transfer case. <laughs> and they would get you down to like 800 to 1 crawl ratio or something stupid like that if you put all the transfer cases down. Because the motor made like no power. Yeah, it right. was like a 60 horsepower motor. But they understood that. Yeah. So they gave you the gear ratios. They gave you the power to do what you needed to do. And... and 
it's the same when you just change your axle gear ratios. You're increasing power to the ground, you know? And it's funny because we really don't talk about that a lot, right, no. Chris? I mean, that's not something that we dive into. We usually, as we start to set guys up, we work around the gear ratio. We tell them, mm-hmm. don't run the big tires because we're going to have to get into regearing yep. the truck and right. things like that. Um, I always like to know, and that's one of the things that I liked about your articles, is that they include a lot of that tech along with some real-world examples. So you guys seem to do a really good job of breaking it down and explaining here's how gear ratios worked here's how it's going to impact you and look at this real world example i think i had a harder time understanding the difference between 355 and 410 or even just what the fuck that's measuring to be honest um as opposed to understanding pulling in second compared to pulling in third right right like i get that like even a dummy like me can understand that concept And, and like with the truck we went to 430s with 37 inch tires on the f250 um, that brought us back close to stock, like what you would have been gear ratios with stock tires. We looked at going to 456s, going even lower. Yeah, That would have given us more pulling power. Like the truck probably would have been in a better gear range and everything else when pulling the hills. Problem we ran into, it was that balance between having power and, and not losing the top end. Yeah, right. So Because you still talk- want to be able to get on the highway and run 85, yeah. 90 right. miles yeah. an hour. Exactly. Or, or whatever the legal posted. Point. Yeah, and, with, and, and, and the truck has a 7.3, and if you know a 7.3, 3,200 <laughs> RPM, you're done. You're lucky to go over 60 mile an hour at yeah, that point. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it was that balance between um, how much – how low do you want to go do you want that ton of power right you know but then it gets back to the old willie's jeeps they would pull a house but you were 55 miles an hour man you were wild. yeah with a tailwind with a tailwind (laughs) so now who who sets up or who has the ideas to to set up these these whether it's like truck features tech articles like is there like a spreadsheet that you have over the course of a year and then that's how you go about it is it like a a do you guys just pick out of the hat do you guys just write down random titles how does that work pick them out of a hat um kg and i usually talk sometimes he'll have he'll have stuff planned out in advance like certain things coming up like if we're covering events we know we know the events coming up Mm -hmm. or we've we've planned things out a lot of stuff is i come up with the ideas i i run him across his desk like hey this is what we kind of i want to do and he's either like well we could do this you know and we'll go back and forth and we'll work it out like how we want to do it um sometimes it's spur of the moment sometimes it's something comes up and it's like we're doing this you know (laughs) you just got to kind of go with it you know it's usually a month out you know i know at least a month or so ahead of time what's going to be written about that month um i mean sometimes your tech article is scheduled for you, and you haven't even gone and done anything about it yet. <laughs> so then it kind of gets you right down. You're 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 getting back from the trip, which you did the tech article, and it's like it's due, you know. <laughs> but that doesn't happen too often. Chris, uh, that's like how you operate, right? No, I mean I've proved it works for five years running. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many how many editors do you guys have over at these Power Magazine? Uh, just KJ and I. Wow. Yeah, that's something else. I I also did not know that. Yeah, That's impressive. No, because we see a lot of names as authors and photographers and things like that. And I think my perception of the Diesel Power crew is everybody I saw working at uh, Diesel Power Challenge. But that's not not entirely accurate, actually. (laughs) It turns out a lot of those guys don't work for Diesel Power Magazine. They work for Truck Trend. Okay, okay. Yeah, they work for the, uh, a lot of the guys are under the network. Okay. So they work They work for uh, They work for the company in general, but not directly for Diesel Power. It's okay. like a truck magazine mafia. Yeah, or a cult. Or a cult, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Very yeah, cool. but like we have a, we have a few people that do a lot of stuff with us. Um, they write articles for us and they do things for us. Okay, but they work on other magazines as well. Oh, very cool. Like okay. you'll see, like Jason, like you know, you said Jason Garnerman. Yeah. He used to work at Diesel Power uh, a few years back, and now he is the editor at Truck Trend. Okay. So, but he still does projects. Like he has his own trucks and he does projects and he submits the articles to us. Oh, very cool. Things like that. And then a lot of the other stuff is freelancing. Okay. We have a lot of freelancers that write for us. So, That's- yeah, it, it, it really fills out, um, you know, because like I said, the perception was that there's this huge group and, th- and there is. You guys have a lot of employees at Truck Trend and, and, affiliate yeah. uh, titles uh but yeah just two guys focusing on all of diesel power magazine yeah. well, i just keep thinking about you know my early years getting into this stuff you know customers and end users are always like oh how did you learn this you know what got you involved in this and that and i have stacks of diesel power magazine sitting at my house since i was 17 years old you know back in <laughs> 2006 2007 and you know as you're talking about the technical information and you know paul saying i don't know there's between 454s and or 354s and 410s you you know, but learning that, reading that, learning a little hands-on, you know, it's just that uh, there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, what you do, what you and KJ do on a month, month in, month out basis, you know, to be able to get that magazine, to get it published, to get the proper content, to make sure oh, that yeah. you're providing something that people actually give a shit about and want to read about, <laughs> you know, get those magazines. So I just, that's really cool. Absolutely. Hey, I thought one of the other cool things, uh, John, is we put you behind the wheel of several vehicles i'll just say over the last two days uh that you've been here at duramax tuner i didn't know if you want to talk a little bit about some of those vehicles so some of the ones chris that we let him drive uh was the hummer so the 94 hummer with a built 06 lbz engine six-speed allison duramax in it uh you and i took that one out i let you behind the wheel what'd you think man uh definitely different (laughs) (laughs) it just it just has a different feel um it, it was interesting because uh, I had driven some of the trucks before. I'm used to driving the pickups. You know, I've driven new ones. I've driven modified ones. But with the Hummer, it was just a totally different feel with it. A um, little bit of steering wheel. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, you're in this little cockpit spot. Yeah, there, and you have a, you have a little no steering wheel, but it's twitchy steering. Yeah. It's like, ooh, this thing's like, okay. You know, and then when I was gassing it, I jumped on the gas and I let off and it torque steered a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, I'm not used to a big heavy truck like this yeah. torque steering. He, I mean, I've driven he's saying a little before. bit. It, it felt like we were about to get ripped off well, the road. Plus, the yeah. thing, <laughs> thing's like 15 feet wide, and if it has a turning radius, you could just drive in circles, like yeah. legit circles. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that thing's just wild. As far as it, everything about that is off. <laughs> like nothing's normal with that thing. But that, that's the only thing that caught me a little bit by surprise. Um, you know, you could feel the turbo. It really kicked in. That thing, it boogied. Yeah, it rides out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moves out well. Yeah, that features our VVT 67G2 yep. turbo. Uh, it's got some XRG injectors in there and a 10 mil pump. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty fun ride. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely. definitely those geared hubs feel different, too, winding up and slowing down. I feel yeah. like there's a lot yeah. of... There, there's a lot of... You, you know you your drivetrain is yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I always heard about Hummers. There's a lot of gear, a lot of drivetrain noise. Yes. But there's a lot of moving... There's a lot of whining going on <laughs> yes. when you're in that thing, for parts. sure. It was so funny, Chris. We were in it, and I was telling him, I'm like, man, out of all the conversions we have, this is like the second quietest one. You, you know, yeah. like all the other conversions are super loud, and yeah. you know, this one is like really, really comfortable. He's like, man, I can really hear that fucking drive line though, yeah. and like yeah. <laughs> you can just hear it whining just yeah. as much as the turbo under us. Uh, there was a few others, so we got to drive. Let's see what else? What'd you have fun driving? Oh, let's see. I really like the Ram. 
No, what? no, 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 no. Nobody likes the Ram. Paul has this thing Nobody where he doesn't like to Ram. like say anything good about me or like anything that like I have or whatever. What did you known. like about the Ram? What did you like about the Ram? <laughs> I really liked the Ram because with the compounds and everything on it, it was very smooth. Yeah. Like you hardly even noticed it was a turbocharged truck the way it drove. I heard. I, I really liked that. Um, I heard you were illegally speeding. You didn't realize how quick you were going? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you cannot prove that. <laughs> you cannot. I'm or, pretty or, sure. Or, I'll give you the politician answer. I cannot confirm nor deny those allegations. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also had the you, you also got behind the L5P. So we have that tuned L5P yes. here, the camouflage yes, one. You probably didn't really see it. When you were driving, and you couldn't see it's it. Such but a bad joke. It's such a no, bad it was good. It was good. It's camouflage. You get well, it, right? That, it's Paul? only. It's you right. only can't see it online because no, it's no, digital. No, no. That's camo. like the urban camouflage, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but how did that thing? I mean, you've driven stock L five P's. Oh yeah, okay. it was nice. So what did you think? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've driven a lot of different trucks, modified, not modified, big tire, small tire. How did that truck? You know. Uh, uh, how do the trucks compare? You know, as far as you know, the drivability uh, of the vehicle, how it comes in the power. You, you know, honestly, driving when I drove the uh, the Duramax, um, honestly, didn't even feel it was really modified. It was so smooth, and I'm having driven a lot, a few modified trucks. As you get them, and then you feel that jolt when the turbo kicks yes, in, or yes. it really starts fueling, and you're like, oh, that truck was so smooth. It was like you really didn't notice, like, honestly. Not having gotten out of a stock truck, it was not really noticeable until you really got in it and you realized, holy crap, this thing will do 100 and keep pulling. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You can't prove or deny that either, though, right? No, you can't. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think on the L5P, that is the big surprise there is is I know when I've gotten in trucks um, that, that are on tune only. You, you, you sometimes, like, if you didn't get to drive it stock and you drive it with a tune, you drive it and you're like, is this thing even tuned? Like, isn't this just how it should be from yeah. the factory? Yeah. And that's kind of that feel when you're behind the L5P and, and it is tuned is you're like, man, like this is how the OEM set it up, right, guys? Like yeah. it's it's that just natural of a feeling. Uh, and then, like you said, when you start to lean on it, you really notice the powers there. I was just that's, yeah. it, it, drivability. You know, it, it's not erratic. Exactly. You know, that's like when we were you know you were just explaining how the the truck came into its power band. You see a lot of times where, you know, guys, they, you know, oh, we're going to delete, delete. You got to delete to get the power. That's not necessarily the case. But a lot of the, you know, the younger generation, they drive of their buddy's truck or they bought a truck tuned and then they get their own truck and that truck stock and they hate it that much more because they drove someone else's vehicle and they're impressed by the erraticness, the truck either being on or off. Right. You know, that initial hit, throw you in the seat. It might not make the most power up top, but that initial hit down low is what, you know, people are like the younger crowd I feel is chasing. I know I did when I was when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that throw you back in the seat yep. and, and hold on for dear life. Yep. But, I mean, I've, I have I come from, oh, well, we did a lot of street racing when I was young. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've seen, I've been in a 12-second bug. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's a death trap. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, I come from, I've seen a lot of it, and I love that linear smooth power, yep. you know? Because, like you said, a lot of trucks, they'll snap you back, but then they kind of fall off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've been in cars that they hit and they keep pulling all the way until you let out of the gas. But, <laughs> you know, they're usually, there's a lot to those cars, yeah, yeah. you know. But for just being able to, you know, not really get into an engine and just being able to bolt on and yeah. basically bolt on power. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
it was really smooth. It was really nice. And and that was one of the things we were kind of talking about that I noticed you hit on there, Chris, was emissions equip power just in general. And that's something that I know you and I and, and the team have kind of been talking about oh, yeah. for the last couple of days here. Um, I know five years ago, the idea was you couldn't make power with the emissions equipment there. Yeah. And, th- and then I think we kind of proved, hey, guys, you could take it to, to like an easy 100 horsepower over stock yeah. with the emissions equipment there. And then we started having a lot of questions about reliability. Well, Chris, your truck now is 40,000 miles. 73. Well, 40,000 yeah, miles 40, of those with I, a twin kit. 40,000 miles at, you know, 650, 670 horsepower. Yeah. Yes. So we've had a twin kit on that truck for, for tens of thousands of yeah. miles. The L5P, we've... I don't know, a year 20, or so. 20,000 miles on that. Yeah, tuned. whatever. Uh, tuned. Uh, and then we drove an F-350 that's tune only, that's had the tune on it for an extended yeah. period of time as well. And all of these trucks, I actually like driving them. Yeah. Like, yes. like I don't I don't drive them and think, man, I really miss that sound. You know I don't I mean? get like into We drove thinking... loud trucks today and quiet trucks today. Not no. once did I hear hear you or anybody else say, man, but that one really sounded a lot louder as a good thing. Yeah. Like I mean, I look at it this way. Six, seven years ago, you'd get into the truck and be like, man, the DPF's going to fucking plug up today. You know, <laughs> I don't, you know, you just you don't run into that. But, you know, technology has advanced and, you know, knowledge. Sure. You know, there's a lot there. And I think technology is where it's going to go with all of it. Like we, we were talking about that, you know, you look at uh, gas engines where they were. Oh, yeah. With yeah. technology, you know. They had all kinds of stupid stuff on them, quote unquote, to make them smog legal, and now you get up to, I mean, God, they're selling uh, Hellcats, seven hundred horsepower, yeah, out of the factory, Corvettes, Hellcats, yeah. and you're just sitting there going, oh my God, it's smog legal, yeah. and <laughs> I mean, all it has is a catalytic converter. There is like no other yeah. smog equipment on these no. cars, you know, and it's it's where that technology's come in what twenty plus years since yeah. they yeah. really started in force or almost thirty something years now. So they've really started putting smog equipment. Yeah. So, I mean, give the diesels a while. It's only been what maybe ten years, yeah, twelve yeah. years, twelve years, oh seven and a half. I mean, technically oh, 07. Yeah. 07, yeah. you know, so twelve years in it. That's when they really just started slapping these st- slapping emissions on, for lack of a better term, the, because it yeah. wasn't really engineered. It was just like, oh, here we got him pass this, this. Has to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> How do we you get know? an LBZ pass this test? Yeah, I know. exactly. <laughs> we want well, to keep selling all these trucks that we've built. You know. <laughs> well, it's funny too because you know you look at you know in, in, in the world of diesel, right? LOI Duramaxes, uh, six liter Fords. I'd say they're amongst the newer, uh, the newer advanced technology style vehicles. Right. Those probably get the two best worst wraps, yeah. right? And you look at them; those the early LOI and the early six liter. They also have some of the biggest turbochargers out of all the RPOs. Yeah. Okay. So then you start to see, okay, EGR failures. Then so what they do with the LBZ? They went to a smaller turbocharger. What did they do with the six liter and you know oh five oh six oh seven? Went to a slightly smaller turbocharger. What did they do with the Fords with the six fours? They go smaller, you know, Valley Turbo went with compounds. LMM little smaller. LML little smaller. L5P even smaller yet. Yeah. So it's like they're trying well, to compressor wheel sizes have been going down. Turbines. Tur- turbine housings have been going down. Down turbine wheels up. Turbine wheels yes. up, and then also EGR cooler dimensions larger and yes, larger yes. right um so so they do they're, they're balancing this out and we're seeing it across all the rpos this isn't like yep. no this GM's is across not smarter than anybody oh, yeah, else yeah. right they're all they're all doing this so that's how it works that, that's where the technology is going uh so it's interesting to see and, and as we're talking about future one of the things i wanted to ask you about john what are some of the future plans you guys have over at diesel power magazine what are some of the things our our listeners and your readers can be looking out for well we got definitely got more tech projects coming out I'm working on stuff like that. Um, 
really in the near future is we got uh, covering ODSS. We go and cover all the different ODSS drag racing events. Nice. Um, and then let me think. I don't know. I'd love to get some tech projects going. Yeah. I'd love to get some more. I'd, I'd love to do a, um, a vehicle or something would be gr- would be awesome. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, t- how time is. Well, I know you're heading over to Indiana when you leave here, huh? Yeah, I'm heading to Shides from here. Yeah. You've been to Shides before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? How many times have you gone? This will be my third time. Nice. You're looking forward to it, aren't you? Uh, okay. It's a great time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, just... Honestly, it's a fun time. It, it's, it's the Shides event's great. The, the event yeah. is awesome. If you can keep your head on straight yeah. after the event is over, yep. you're in good shape. You'll I, have a just, good time. You like, don't have to worry about me there. I go. Uh, I go back to the hotel. I don't. It just it never fails. It's always like 90 fucking degrees, and it's hot and humid as shit. And I, I think that's what gets me the hardest. Yeah. Is, is Indiana heats, man. It's hot. <laughs> it, it gets really. It can get really humid there. Yep. Oh yeah. Real mucky and thick, yeah. No, it's definitely every time I've gone. I've gone three three times uh, over the last you know ten years, and the weather, man. And if it's like super hot, it ends up like raining for one of the nights, and then the next day it's shit. Yeah, like, it's not bad weather. It's not a bad time. It's just hot and yeah, uncomfortable. If they over, rough. if you can keep the overcast and humidity, yes, down, yes. Like the one year it wasn't too bad, and the next year it was like, oh yeah. my god. And that's one of those <laughs> events, like. When you know you go to UCC, right? UCC uh, in you know where it's in Brownsburg, and you go to Indianapolis and stuff. There's a lot of small bordering towns, so it's like you know there's a lot of trucks, but it's spread across a, a, a bigger area. Yeah. When you go to Terre Haute, everyone's in Terre Haute. There is no cars <laughs> in Terre Haute for the weekend of shides. Yeah. And you will see every possible freaking truck known to man, and duplicates and triplicates of everything. Man, it is just, it is definitely a sight to see, to yeah. say the least. Oh yeah. I mean, what is it to get in? I think last year they told me at one point to get in the front gate. It was like an hour and a half. Wait oh yeah, yeah. To get in the oh front my gate. god! And there's there's four or five rows of vehicles going into the fairgrounds, and the main road it's a like a four lane. Yeah. And both lane both roads are just a half mile, quarter mile, three quarters of a mile down. Just solid. So you know you get the hookup, you go in through the back entrance by the drag strip you know you kind of go in there to sneak in you know for you know media present people and things like that i mean you kind of have to do that oh, i usually go early oh yeah i should get there just before <laughs> it starts and get a nice parking spot yeah you have to man you have yeah. to it's crazy there well i know one of the other things that you guys are working on and always working on is diesel power challenge oh yeah <laughs> uh so justin our producer and i went out to diesel power challenge covered it this year uh Chris, I don't know if we'll ever actually send Chris. We keep threatening it, but I don't think we'll ever actually follow through on it. I'm just useless. Uh, well, well, listen, hey, it's it's a week in Denver doing real work. So, you know, they call in the hard workers. I'll just um, say DPC is a lot of fun. I, you know, it, look, it looked like it. Unfortunately, I have, you know, I have my own responsibilities here more so than Paul. So. True story. True story. Uh, but listen, so you guys are always working on it. It's something that I think a lot of us think like, oh, clearly just when the first you know, voting applications come out. That's when you guys start thinking about DPC 2020, right? Well, I mean, if you go for the last, uh, after we finish covering that last thing, last coverage, uh, what do you call it? I won't say episode, but <laughs> the last magazine that covers all the DPC event, what's in the back? It's the application for next year. Yeah. And that's it. So you guys are on it right away. Because I'd assume people get that one. And they're like, all right, that's it. I'm going next yeah, year. And right. like sending in applications to be voted on. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, there, there's a little bit of downtime, but it's always, there's little things going on. You know, we already start planning. We start uh, upper management and, okay, what's the plan? And, I mean, KJ, ha- K- KJ 
handles a lot of that. Yeah. So he he's the man when it comes to doing PPC <laughs> and everything that goes on with it. He's excited about it too, though. He's really high, you know, ener- energy. Oh, you yeah. know, with all of that and the planning and just talking to him, he has a lot of passion. Oh yeah, you know, he puts around a lot, that event. He puts a lot in a lot into it. Um, he's helped to tr- he's tried to refine it a lot and mm-hmm. get it real smooth operation and. I have to say, man, it went off without a hitch this year. It was nice. We had some great competitors, and I mean, what we have four trucks over a thousand on the dyno. Yeah, so. four over a thousand horsepower street trucks. Uncorrected yes. numbers at a That's mile insane. of elevation, yeah. by the way. So no big deal. Yeah, we do no uncorrected because we, no we com- big deal because for scoring we combine the horsepower and the torque. Uncorrected. Okay. Okay. Uncorrected. That's how, that's how we score. Uncorrected. So that means that that thousand horsepower up there, just to give you a ballpark, most guys a thousand there is like fourteen to sixteen hundred here. Shit, that's impressive. Yeah, that I mean that's the level of trucks we're dealing with yeah. at DPC. I don't even know what the lowest truck was, but the lowest truck was still like healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, it was a really solid show, and it was a tight pack all the way oh, yeah. through. It, it we had was... a great bunch of guys. Everybody got along really good, and you know that's what DPC is about. It's not just like who wins; it's about the whole experience and the camaraderie and and everything that goes on there. Absolutely. Cool. Well, man, it was a lot of fun. John, thank you so much for coming in and talking to our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, guys, for today, this has been Paul. And Chris. Thanks for listening. On the first through the third and then take the rest of the month off? Oh, I wish it was that easy. That's uh, what Paul does. <laughs> like, yeah. No bullshit. Yeah. <laughs>